welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode. Today, my guest is Lindsay McCoy, co-founder and CEO of Plain Products, which offers premium personal care products in aluminum bottles that can be returned, refilled, and reused. And Plain Products is P-L-A-I-N-E, in case you're already Googling it. Lindsay was inspired to start her company after spending 10 years working on environmental education in the Bahamas, islands full of single-use plastic. Her company is based here in the U.S., and its products are vegan, non-GMO, cruelty-free, biodegradable, color-safe, and free of parabens, sulfates, and toxins. In other words, they're products that are good for the body and the planet. So welcome, Lindsay. How are you today? I am great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh, it's such an honor to have you. So I love your business model. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of the philosophy behind plain products? Our philosophy is just an end to waste. Honestly, I got to live in the Bahamas where my husband is from and ended up doing environmental education there. My background's in nonprofit management. And I visually saw the piles of single-use plastic piling up beach cleanups out in the field with scientists. We'd be in this beautiful remote place and there would be plastic waste. And so getting to see all of that made me personally not want to contribute to it any further. Right. And I heard as many of us did in 2015, they started saying, oh, there could be more plastic than fish in the ocean. So I wanted to do something about it. They started carrying their reusable water bottles, their reusable bags, but all of those plastic bottles in my shower just really started to eat me. And at the time, there weren't any options, really. For whatever reason, the shampoo bars on the market didn't work for my hair, and we decided to move back to the U.S. And so I said, you know what? Maybe I could do something about this. And when I was growing up, and I'm sure the same for you, business was not the place that you went to do good. That's right. You did something else, but that has happily changed. And so I said, I said, well, maybe I could start a business and help provide solutions for myself, but maybe for others. So that is really where this all started. And this will also betray my age. I was like, why can't it be like Netflix when they had the DVDs? Like you get something, you use it, you send it back. I love that. Yes. Well, I'm older than you are. So, I mean, <laughs> I went to Blockbuster, so I don't even know what to say to that. I probably still have a Blockbuster fine out there somewhere if they... <laughs> they could have used that, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm, yes, that's on me. That they... <laughs> yes, yes. So I love that model. I love the idea of returning your bottles, getting refills. So when you had this idea... And I just want to also comment that a lot of the times companies start from the founder seeing what they don't like in the world, right? Like what they're against and why isn't anybody doing anything about this and having kind of that purpose that drives them. And sometimes that purpose comes from 
a place of something that really excites them, a passion, but other times, and probably more often, it comes from what you see as a gap in the market that you go to fill. So kind of walk us through that process. Like, How did you actually start the company and get the manufacturing down and things like that? Oh, I mean, it was such a steep learning curve and mainly, happily, I love learning. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of asking questions, asking for meetings, making time from people, just problem solving after problem solving after problem solving. And so happily, it took two years from the idea to actually opening, but we were able to find a manufacturer who had a product. And again, learning curve. At the time, I didn't know that a lot of mainstream personal care products have a lot of chemicals in them that are maybe mm-hmm. not a great idea for us to be putting on our bodies. So we were able to, after learning, decide not to work with a few people and then found somebody who did have natural plant-based products. And then at the same time, experimenting with different containers that we could afford. I mean, we bootstrapped, so we had to pick something off the shelf and then figure out how to make it work. So being scrappy and innovative, I think, is what I'm hearing from you right now. Yes, yes. And so happily, though, I started it with my sister. So I'm the scrappy, innovative one, and she Uh has a design background and loves products. And so I, as we said, would have launched way too soon with a terrible label and subpar products. And she forced me to keep going through all those manufacturers, bottle iterations and label iterations and website iterations until we hit on at least the right. We're still, of course, always learning and changing, but enough that we could get launched. Right. She never would have launched and I would have launched way too early. And she's, her name is Allie and she's your COO now. So you are like the big idea person and she's the one that kind of sees the details, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then you identified the space in the market that you wanted to fill. You wanted to reduce single use plastics, right? Yeah. No, the interesting thing about that, and again, would love your insight on this is yes, we didn't want to use single use plastics, but this reuse space was so new that it was almost like we were trying to and continue to try and create a space in the market. You know, as we were getting started, we were like, keywords, huh? Is it going to be reused? Is it going to be refill? Is it going to be, you know, I mean, we're still really, I think, learning and experimenting with how to explain this concept to people Uh and what is that niche? And well, it's a great product. Yes, it's plant-based. You know, there's no chemicals. Oh, and you can refill it. And it's kids safe. And it's, you know, checking all of those boxes. We're still learning exactly where we fit and how to tell that story effectively. Yeah, it's people and planet friendly is like a very high level message that I hear. And we can certainly have fun offline and kind of dig into it. But I do like the fact you're a certified B Corp as is Prosper. And I've been having more and more certified B Corps owners on the podcast. And I really like some of the things that come up, but how do we communicate the good that we do and what we're standing for in the market while still building commercial success, right? And Mm -hmm. so we're balancing that line. But I do think that there's a lot of things in the commercial space that people are looking for. So you hear about first parents worried about the products they use with their children. Secondly, infertility has been an issue 
that I've been hearing more and more about lately and women wanting to use a fewer chemicals or no chemicals that come in contact with their body as there might be a correlation between that and fertility. And so there's many different areas that you can touch on. What was the original message and how have you kind of (laughs) fine-tuned that. (laughs) I'm laughing because the original message was join the packaging revolution. It took us a few months to realize that that meant absolutely nothing to your average consumer and was just a terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's how we learn. You know what? You put it out there and you see what happens. Yeah, exactly. We learned a ton. And so then we have moved into more sort of language of reuse, refill, avoiding single use, helping lighten the footprint on the planet, and then also plant-based salon quality ingredients, family-friendly, kids-safe, trying to tell sort of both of those stories. Right. And I think we forget that what is special about a brand is the different facets that come into play depending on who you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes founders look for a universal message that is going to be clear, concise, and compelling. And that's what I teach in messaging is to always be clear, concise, and compelling. But you can't pack everything into that one brief sentence. And so ultimately it's about what is the clear, concise, compelling message for this market or this platform and understanding that, right? So today on this podcast, we talk a lot about building brands to impact the world and the bottom line. But if this were a podcast aimed at young moms, and creating that lifestyle for parents of young children, there would be a variety of other topics that we would talk about more in depth. Like what sense do you advise for children and what kind of drive did perhaps you as a mom, if you are a mom, I don't even know if you're a mom, bring to the design? Yes, I am a mom actually, both my sister and I are. Okay, so I think to me, that's the key in brand Mm -hmm. messaging is where am I sharing this message and what should it be? And the great thing about websites, even though a lot of people go to launch without a website is it's the front door of your business. So you own the real estate and you can tell the story however you want. And then from there, you can kind of extract the right messages to be sharing different places from social media to being interviewed on podcasts and things like that. I wish I'd been listening to your podcast seven years ago when we launched, but yeah. Well, thank you. I didn't, if it makes you feel better, the podcast's only been around since less than two years now. We're going (laughs) on two years. So, but I do realize that there's a lot of misconceptions about branding and messaging and especially in the online space. So let me ask you this. What do you attribute your initial success to? I mean, it is certainly, and it is what we continue to lead with, the reuse. I mean, the ability to participate in lowering your environmental footprint, not creating plastic waste, not putting more things that can't be reused out into the world. So we were sort of ahead of the influencer marketing curve a little bit in that I just naturally, as I was learning, met a lot of people in the zero waste space, a lot of people in the green beauty space, talked about what we wanted to do, got their advice. And they were kind enough to then, when we were launching, 
talk about it because it was something different. Right. There are not a lot of people in the world that are taking back packaging and covering the cost of that. So having that solution, having that differentiation has really been what's made the difference for us. And honestly, just the goodwill of people who appreciate the mission and are excited to talk about it. Yeah, I saw on your website that you have a spread the word drop down and you have plain promoters and nonprofit partnerships and refer a friend. And I think that's really interesting as well. Can you talk a little bit about what led to the whole spread the word idea? Did it come from that initial success and you thought, hey, we've got something here, let's build on it? Or how did that come about? I think maybe also just my background in nonprofits, I naturally look for partnerships and cooperation. It just makes sense to me. So the idea of people that were in a similar space that might be talking about it anyway, aligning and being able to have it be a win-win for both, being able to donate 10% of sales that nonprofits or affiliates generate just made sense. Right. And luckily, it's been a great strategy for us because we do have a story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And then when you originally started, were you online only or did you immediately start creating those retail partnerships? No, it was just the two of us to begin. I mean, we were working out of my sister's garage. So we just started direct to consumer. And I mean, I remember maybe three weeks in, it was the first order on the website that neither one of us somehow knew the person. Because, you know, it was like, hey, that's, oh, yeah, no, I know where they came from. So finally, when just a perfect stranger somehow found us, that was a huge win. That was a huge milestone for us. And then we just continued to grow from there. And then I would say maybe a year and a half, a year in, we actually started getting some requests for wholesale. I love that. We've been really thought too much about, but It's been great. There are sort of these zero waste refill shops popping up all around the country. And now we're in about 200 of them, which is wonderful. And then now we are having Airbnbs and small boutique hotels and others come to us. So we're actually developing a third area of, of working with hospitality. That's great. So you have built a brand. You may have been somebody who built a brand both consciously and by word of mouth as news of the product spread. I pulled up where you were in Ohio, and that's my home state. I'm in Cleveland, and you're all over the place here. In greater Cleveland, you've got at least four different places, and I am going to be checking those out. Some of them I know and a couple I don't know. And I find that really interesting that you started in 2015. Is that correct? 2017. I had the idea in 2015 and then we actually launched in February of 2017. Ironically, on Valentine's Day, not on purpose, but because I literally just couldn't stand it anymore. I was like, turn it on. That's great. Branding was not the first consideration. That was just my impatience. What are the things that you're focusing on in terms of growth for the company. Like hospitality is really something that is a whole other layer of success. What other plans do you have in the works? We're continuing to develop that affiliate program. We really want it to be a community and help provide value beyond. So we've done a few training sessions with some of our promoters and bringing in people to talk to them about 
building their own brands and how, ah. they, how they make it work. So that's one thing that we're really making an effort that I'm proud about. And then I think also doing a lot of consumer education and awareness and building that piece of I hesitate to use the word lifestyle brand because I don't necessarily like all the trappings that go with that, but right. a, a more simplistic lifestyle brand, I guess. I mean, it's funny. We actually encourage people not to buy things. So not a typical lifestyle brand, but maybe a minimalist lifestyle. Well, I like that. And yes, I think lifestyle brands have gotten kind of a bad name because of some entrepreneurs that promote things that feel a little fluffy. But I think the idea of lifestyle and purpose and intent, especially, is really, really important because we make what, like 30,000 decisions a day? It's crazy. And a lot of them we don't even realize. We're in a store or we're choosing what email to respond to or what have you. But being intentional is like putting on a pair of reading glasses and deciding that you're going to focus and you're going to kind of disregard the noise outside of your focus area. And in that way, I think playing products really is a lifestyle brand. I mean, that's really our goal is exactly what you're saying. I mean, just a sort of more conscious consumerism of mm-hmm. don't just keep buying the same things because you've been buying the same things. Take a minute, take a breath, think about is there a better option? New things come on the market all the time. And also the other piece that we try and promote is progress, not perfection. One of my sort of beefs with the environmental world is sometimes that there's like a weird purity test of are you environmental enough or are you make you know, oh, you chose that. Oh, that's a, you know, and I feel like we attack each other. And then instead, we're actually all on the same side of the street. And we should just be getting more people to try and come over to this side of the street instead of chasing them away for not being perfect enough. So we really try hard to just sort of say, celebrate the wins. I love that philosophy. That's so great. I think it's important because I think it's very easy to feel. I actually don't love the term zero waste because I feel like it sort of, again, implies this impossible level of perfection. Trying to do a little bit better. Just trying to reduce. Not zero, not perfect. Right. I think that there are some profound pieces to your story And even looking at your website, and so if you go on your about page, you start with every piece of plastic that has ever been made still exists. And I know that. I don't know that the average person knows that, but I got chills when I read that statement. I think that sometimes our hope is that when we know better, we'll do better. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question to you is when you're out in the community or you're out, you're training retailers or you're getting emails from people, which I'm sure you do, what is that kind of feedback? Or do you feel like part of your role goes beyond being a product company and really is overlaps into the education and advocacy space? Well, I mean, it's funny as a nonprofit girl, I'm certainly much more comfortable in the education space than I am in the retail space. So that might be my own personality shining through in that plastic, I think, is one of those things that it just takes that mind shift to see it because it's so pervasive and so much money has been spent on convincing us that disposability is the end-all be-all inconvenience. And then it just goes away. 
and you put it out and it disappears and you don't need to worry about it anymore. And it took me living on an island with no infrastructure to be like, oh, wait, it doesn't disappear. Right. So again, not always the best capitalist, but I really do truly believe that if we can just help people see that, whether or not they buy our shampoo, I really don't care. (laughs) Just would love to help people have that realization of, you know, unfortunately, there is a cost to all of this waste we're creating. We're just not paying it right this moment, but it's going to come due eventually. I love this. So here, let me throw this at you. True or false? You're an education and advocacy company that sells products. That is probably true. Yeah. So on your social media, I know that you're on Facebook, Instagram. What else? You have a YouTube channel. Is there general education for the public that they could learn more about your products and your philosophy about the company and about living a more, I guess, sustainable life? I mean, that's the goal. (laughs) So yes, I'm going to be checking that out. Yes, that's the goal. I would love to hear your feedback on that. I mean, we joke that sometimes we have to remember to keep the balance that we are also a product company. But yes, I mean, our goal is certainly to balance that within sharing ideas about less consumerism, sharing ideas about reuse. We talk about other companies sometimes if we see somebody that really inspires us that's doing something cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like I feel we're all on the same team. I'm good buddies with a wonderful woman, Kate, who runs Dip, which is a shampoo bar. And people are like, we're competitors. We are technically, but I really see her as a compatriot. And we're trying to get people to move over. And if her product works better for somebody's hair, great. See, that is to me also what branding is all about. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to achieve with branding is to let our best customers for us, for Mm -hmm. our business, know we exist. And so we're building facets of our personality through our philosophy and the products or services that we offer. But it's also just as good if someone looks at us and says, okay, that's not quite the company for me because there is enough business for everyone. (laughs) Certainly. And I would say too that we're just trying to move people in general. I hope towards more sustainable businesses. Exactly. And so you have a higher purpose than selling products. Now, we're still in consumerism, but we just want people to make the right choice for them. And we know that enough people, I'm speaking like I'm on your team now. You're welcome on the team. Enough people will choose plain products. And so I see a movement towards more founders and business owners feeling this, but I do believe that's kind of our highest purpose as a business is to attract the right people for us, especially when you're either in services like I am, or you have this bigger impact that you're trying to make like you are. So I think there's this other conversation that's going on. And I also think that It's about the value you give, right? And so you're giving a lot of value on your YouTube station and educating people about a certain lifestyle. And they'll talk about that. They'll share that with other people. And even if the person watching that video either isn't your ideal customer or isn't your ideal customer today, they're going to remember you because of that. And there's that whole spirit of reciprocity 
where I learned a lot from Plain Products YouTube channel. And now I'm thinking about getting pregnant or now I have kids or now I just really, this is the year I'm going to make complete changes in my lifestyle. And I'm going to try to get as many plastics out of the house as possible. I mean, you just don't know where those ripples will lead. And I've also found, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, that other female-led companies also tend to have that I mean, obviously not completely, but we end up working with a lot of other women founders who seem more interested in partnership and cooperation and less cutthroat competition. I do think as entrepreneurs that there is a very different culture between men and women. And I think also I tend to gravitate towards sort of problem solvers, which probably like, let's figure this out. How can we make this better? And I think there's also an energy around like what you were saying of, Let's help you find the right solution. It may not be my solution. Exactly. I love that. That's a really different additive to that piece. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I guess I want you to talk about for a minute the impact. So we talk about building brands, building companies, the reputation and all that. You start with your identity and what you're kind of forming your identity around. And yours was certainly looking around your shower and saying, I don't want these plastic products around me. And then being, you know, learning a little bit more about what was actually in those plastic bottles that you also didn't want in your shower. And then from there, you've kind of built your influence through what I would call word of mouth, relationship marketing. And now you're reaching kind of that greater audience, which is typically how branding and marketing evolve. But now you're really able to measure your impact in the world. And can you talk a little bit about that and what that feels like to, in just over five years, have had the kind of impact that you've had? Yeah, we sort of count, you know, I look at impact in two ways. I mean, one, we count every bottle we sell as a replacement for a plastic bottle that doesn't need to end up in a landfill. So we actually ended up putting a counter on the website to do that. And I actually, one of my original mentors, I was working for her in 1999 and she wanted to start a fund for the new millennium and sign up people who would give one hour of income to create this fund at a community foundation I worked at. And she put a counter up and people said, oh, that's crazy. There's only, you know, aren't you embarrassed? There's only 10 people, 20 people, 100 people. And she said, well, how else are people going to know about it? And it was an amazing success. She raised millions. I mean, we had hundreds of thousands of people get involved before the end of it. But it was the same thing for us. It was like, oh, well, do you really want to put that up if there's 5,000 bottles? And I was like, well, you got to start somewhere. That's right. And so now we're over 560,000 bottles that we've replaced, which obviously we're very proud of and can't wait till that gets to a million. But the other piece for me of impact is really proving that there is interest and that this model can work. Because when we were getting started, and even as we've been growing, there are people who are like, oh, that's, no, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's interested in it. That's too much work. There's no way it could happen. It's not practical. And so my goal is to see other people adopting it, to see infrastructure built out, to network with other companies, but to have this idea of we just don't use something and throw it away change. And so that's the other impact is trying to see more people just sort of moving in this direction as businesses. Right. And so where are some of the places that if people want to learn how to have a more sustainable lifestyle and home, 
where would you send them? I see you have a blog. I know you have a YouTube channel. You have Pinterest. Where would they get started? (laughs) You know, again, I think it is best to start small, start where you're comfortable, whatever channel you're on, whether that's Pinterest or TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, you know, we're on all those places. There are a lot of other people that we can connect you to that are on those places, but it can quickly feel overwhelming. So we really encourage people to like pick something, pick a product, pick a room, pick one aspect and take that on and feel comfortable with it and then move on from there. But don't try to do everything at once because you'll just end up giving up and shutting down and walking away. Yeah, I can relate to that. I remember we were going to eliminate paper from our office and we eventually did, but it took longer than I originally thought. And we got to the point where, I mean, it was still only like 99.5% eliminated because we would have prospective clients that wanted printed proposals or printed presentations. And so we wouldn't say no to a client, but we always educated them that we were really striving not to use paper. Same with plastic, but plastic was a way bigger undertaking. You just start noticing plastic everywhere in your home or your office when you start. It is. I mean, there are wonderful things about plastic. And unfortunately, the way our society is set up right now, it's an incredibly cheap material, fossil fuels are still subsidized and plastic is a byproduct of that refining process. So it's a very cheap, flexible, durable (laughs) material. So it is everywhere. And my beef is certainly not with plastic, but the way that we use it. Exactly. So speaking of how we use something and starting simply, can you walk us through the process when you order through plain products? Because one of my initial questions would be, well, wait, if I use the shampoo, then I have to send back the empty bottle and how long is it going to take me to get new shampoo? So can you kind of educate our audience on what that process looks like? Yes. Trust me, thought a lot about that as we were getting started. And so here's the solution that we came up with. Come to the website, pick a product. We actually offer 16 different products now. So there's styling gel, there's lotion, there's facial products whatever it is you're looking for in the personal care realm, it comes with a pump. And then when you're running low, so you're not out, but you're running low, you return to the website or you can subscribe and we'll send it automatically. And we send just the bottle and a return label. So when Mm. the first bottle is empty, you switch the pump over. We don't send another plastic pump. And then you use that return label, put the empty bottle in that box, the return, the refill came in, stick the return label on the outside and the postal service brings it back to us. And then we wash and sanitize and get them refilled. So you don't actually refill your same bottle. We take care of that unless you choose to go to one of the four locations near you and Uh use one of those refill stores. And then you can go refill your actual bottle. That's great. So the refill stores, the stores that carry your products also offer the refills. Yes. Okay. That's good to know. So you have 14 products. And I know from the website, but tell people a little bit about your favorite product and then some (laughs) of the the ranges of some of the other products. So we started, we wanted products that, you know, people used every day. So we started with a shampoo, a conditioner, and a body wash and a rosemary mint vanilla scent. So it's essential oils. We don't use the secret word of fragrance that hides a, a myriad of sins that a lot of companies use. 
And then we have expanded into lotion, hand wash, facial line, and some, some styling products. And our second scent, which my sister prefers, is a citrus lavender. So she designed that. And then we now also carry unscented because we are getting a lot of requests from people who either due to allergies or office restrictions or concerns just wanted as simple as possible. That's great. I like that you offer the unscented as well. I don't know. I'd be torn between the two scents. I think I need to get both. So I'm going to do that after we get off our podcast today. So I guess my next question for you, maybe our kind of like wrap up question is, where do you see your company in like 10 years? What's your long term vision? You know, I mean, honestly, my long term vision, I would love to see washing stations replace Amazon warehouses (laughs) 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 and be one of the many companies that is using them. Just having people not have to send their bottles back to us, but something more local and they're getting refilled and reused is where I hope. And I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to. The economy is going to have to go because, again, it's not just the disposable. but We're really wasting resources. I mean, every time we make something and then just throw it away, that's a resource that we're not able to recapture or reuse. Right. So at some point, we're going to start to run out of things. And hopefully we'll, we'll figure that out before we get to that point. But it would be great to see, I mean, again, a right to repair bill. So crazy that we just have to keep getting rid of all these electronics. People should be able to fix them and reuse them. I had a suitcase that the zipper broke and I was, I could not find somebody to repair it. They're like, oh, just buy a new one. It's cheaper. And I was like, no, I don't want to buy a new one. I, I know. Just want this one fixed. And so I'm getting off topic, but. No, it's okay. I think just this vision of us caring a little bit more about the things that we have trying to use them for longer and having us be a part of that movement is the large dream. Obviously, love to keep growing our direct-to-consumer. I'd love to see more refill shops pop up. I'd love to see some larger chains and they're dabbling a little bit with reuse and take back, but they have to figure out their own models of space and stockists and everything. But it's going to take everybody a little bit of adjustment, but I certainly think that we we can do it. Lindsay McCoy from Plain Products, and that's P-L-A-I-N-E. Thank you so much for sharing about your company, about your philosophy, and about your brand today. It has been a total joy, and I learned a lot. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) So did I. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.